This is the Sports Card Man podcast for episode number nine. We are back. Uh, we had to take a couple months off for you know some equipment issues, but we got that all squared away. You know, got a brand new uh, laptop to do our podcast. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get our streaming going for some video games in the future too coming up. But uh, yeah, you know, this podcast previously, if you're not familiar and just you know starting to tune in. It's mostly about sports card related content and sports memorabilia. Uh, we'll obviously mix in some, you know, sports uh, topics and news of what's happening. Uh, you know, also spend some time on some fantasy things here and there uh, about fantasy sports. Uh, you know, even maybe mix in some uh, sports betting. Um, so, you know, we got a lot going on for sure. This uh, month of March is a busy time for sports. Obviously, we have the NCAA tournament. We have the WBC start, are almost complete. Uh, we have baseball starting in about 10 days. You know, NBA and the hockey season are almost complete as they, you know, get ready for the playoffs. But, you know, so let's begin um, with a little bit about um, what's happening in the tournament. Um, exciting uh, for sure. You know, a lot of upsets. Um, you know, a 16 seed won this year. Uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of buzz about it. Um, like always, you know, it's, it's fairly popular. A lot of basketball for sure. Um, so I think the one thing to watch is I think Alabama is still the best team. So I think they'll be tough to beat. Um, but we'll see. Um, I pick my, I myself picked them to win it all. Uh, and then, you know, I think another cool storyline is the kid from Kansas State. That's always like what the tournament's about. Um, finding, you know, out about these players and, you know, what, what they, uh, what they're going through and things like that. Like he went through a big, um, a big injury. Um, the player on Kansas State, um, when he used to play for Florida, transferred and then, you know, went to, you know, went to back to Kansas State to play and, you know, fulfill his dreams. So, that's always cool to, to kind of to follow for sure. Um, some other things going on right now too. Um, the WBC is approaching its uh, completion, as I stated before. Um, the finale is Japan versus the USA on Tuesday. Um, yesterday, I posted about Roki um, Sasaki. He's the 21-year-old uh, Japanese uh, superstar pitcher. Throws 100 miles an hour with ease. Um, you know, every MLB team has already said they want him um, when he gets posted to the MLB, which probably won't be for like two to three years. Um, he's thrown like no hitters. Um, it's it's crazy how much hype he's getting. Um, probably people are saying he's like the most hyped um player since Otani to come out of Japan. Um, there has been some other ones previously. Obviously, you had Dice K, you had Darvish, uh, Maeda, um, but I think this kid is right up there with um, with Otani. Um, and then Japan also has a stud third baseman. I can't think of his name at the moment, but he also hit about 60 home runs for Japan last year. So um, Sasaki is going to pitch... Um, for uh, Team Japan, as I mentioned on Tuesday, so expect for him to get a ton of hype, like nationally, um, to baseball fans and to card collectors. Um, so you know that's why we wanted to put out his um, player profile piece about his BBM Japanese rookie. Um, so if you're not familiar with them at all, um, BBMs are pretty much the equivalent of like a Japanese rookie card. 
Um, so like the cards all in Japanese on the back. Um, there is some like English writing written on it, obviously, um, too. But I would also say like those cards are only short-term buys. Um, so like um, Sasaki doesn't have. Obviously, he's not even in the MLB yet. So you still have plenty of time, you know, to buy this card grade it with PSA and you know possibly try to get that PSA 9 or PSA 10 which we posted about um for free um yesterday to anyone that was you know following our page uh it can be bought for 40 50 dollars you know after grading fees you're into it for about 80 bucks if you get a 9 you're looking at close to like 200 if you get um, a 10, you're looking at close to like 350, 400. Um, you just have to kind of look at the pictures and kind of say, does this have a shot at a 10 and just go from there. Um, I myself also bought one some like also last night. So when I also post, you know, these, these cards, um, for people to buy, I myself sometimes buy them too, um, at the same time. Uh, so we'll see how you know my Sasaki comes in the mail and what it looks like and then if it's also worth getting graded. But as I stated um, yesterday, there's only about 10 or 12 of those available um, remaining. So they're probably going to get wiped out like as soon as everyone sees him pitch because um, that is his true you know rookie card example. Um, but definitely another... Um, cool card to get because as I mentioned in the post I've had success with them previously like on the Darvish um, on the Dice K back in the day um, on the Maeda you buy the BBM you grade it and then you know you can sell it and then you know you have you know something that people want for sure um, so you know some other things I wanted to talk about too um, I spent a lot of time on this in um, December it, and even in January and then I, it was finished in uh like towards the end of February. Uh, I mentioned this in my last podcast about, you know, the upside of the first year Bowman Chrome Auto cards of baseball players. Um, you know, I started noticing in the end of October, there was a lot of upside to these cards. Um, like a lot, many people towards the end of October probably were blowing them out just because, oh, you know, baseball season's over. Like I want to, you know, take my money and, you know, buy some, you know, basketball or buy some hockey or buy some football even, right? So like an example was like that I put it out previously was like you could have had like a Brian Reynolds uh, Bowman Chrome Auto and a 10 for like 40, 50 bucks. Now they're going like 100, 125 all day long. Um, there was a lot of other guys I was like coveting and, you know, researching um, and trying to buy and things like that. And I even noticed like around uh, the postseason that like someone even like Luis Castillo, um, who was like the ace on the Mariners, like his card hit an all time high. Like and I actually have the same card here. Um, so there was one on eBay for like um, 70 bucks or so in a 10 at auction right before the Mariners made the playoffs. And that was like an absolute steal. Like I didn't, I didn't, I actually was going to bid on it and it was on my watch list and I just totally like missed it and forgot to get it. Um, but th that card I had graded and it came back a 10. Um, and that was right around the same time period, but that oh, fast forward a week later, um, last year, someone also bought one for 200. So I myself am also, 
trying to get probably around 200 for it just because it's a low pop um nobody else has one on so and you know if he starts out well with the mariners and he's on their team for a full season a lot of people love the mariners this year to like you know make the playoffs again that's a card that's going to sell eventually for the 200 especially if he goes out and dominates um the first couple games or the first month of the season things like that so the bowman chrome autos um continue to be the most sought after in baseball um, if you can't afford the big names like Judge, Otani, um, Soto, uh, Harper, uh, Trout, go on and on and on. Um, these are all guys that, you know, I would say are in tier one. Like their card is all over $1,000 and up in a PSA 10 um, first year Bowman Chrome Auto. And the reason I'm saying that is because I spent a lot of time doing the Bowman Chrome Auto research. Um, so what I did, if you're not familiar with it, was I pretty much gathered all the data of what a player's first year Bowman Chrome Auto was selling for um, in February and even sometimes uh, early March is when it was completed, right? So you look up like, um, like let's say uh, any players from selling from like uh, 10 bucks, which are, uh, to 50, uh, and you put them in like tier six. So it would be zero to 50 tier five would be, um, 50 to a hundred tier four would be, uh, a hundred to 250 tier three would be 250 to 500 Two tier two would be 500 to a thousand. And you take the value of all these players that you, you know, looked up for, you know, that were going to be relevant for the 23 season, like stars, um, prospects that are going to get called up, um, aces on um, pitchers, um, you know, even like some semi-stars or even like some lesser players and things like that. And you look up on, on eBay or in 130point. Uh, com and you say okay you know this guy's card sold for this this guy's card sold for this and you kind of compare the values okay he's in tier four he's in tier three here he's in tier two um so different things like that so it allows you to find the value of the players of placing them in these tiers plus it allows you to say who you think is undervalued who you think is undervalued right and you can do this even with other types of cards. Like you can compare like first year Prism, PSA 10s and quarterbacks in football. You can compare Young Guns, uh, PSA 10s um, in hockey. Um, so I've done, I've done both of those also in the past too. Like even in the one year in basketball, I compared all the PSA 10 values of um, silvers in PSA 10 of basketball. And that was back before the COVID like even started when that stuff all went crazy. Um, but sticking to the Bowman Chrome uh, real quick, just to wrap that up. So this value was all um, a research uh, was all conducted recently. It was all done within the last two months. Nobody else really did anything like this. Um, so this is something that has a lot of value if you want to learn the Bowman Chrome market if you want to learn um about who is also undervalued that's who i also selected for my personal opinion so like i highlighted them in blue if i thought they were undervalued in a good buy um and then if you're new to the game like the bowman chrome auto game this is something to you know familiarize yourself and you know learn the data learn learn the players learn who's previously going for what um 
who's trending up, things like that. Um, and this is available for only $10. This is exclusive content that nobody else has. Like it saves you the trouble of having to look everything up on eBay and compare, oh, what is this guy going for? Oh, what is this shortstop going for? So that's something that I think has a lot of value, especially if you wanna invest in the Bowman Chrome Autos like um, the Castillo. So I myself only don't have many Bowman Chrome Autos left. Um, I had to sell a few of them. I sold like um, the Jazz Chisholm. I sold the Anthony Volpe. Um, I sold the George Kirby. Um, so I've had to sell a, a few of them um, the last couple of months, but all those guys I did fairly well with because I bought them in December and I sold them in February. I sold some in uh, January, which isn't really a great time to be selling baseball. Right now is a good time to be selling baseball. And then like April and then middle of the season around all-star break is when it kind of hits the like the peak value, I would say, if you're going to look into it. But just to wrap it up with the Bowman Chrome Autos, 10 bucks if you do wanna have access to the data, just uh, send me a DM and we'll you know get that sent over to you via Excel. Um, and it'll help definitely help you out. I won't be continually to update it. It'll just be for this season. So if you do want to buy it, it's something that you, you want to buy now and before the season starts in the next 10 days or so, because the values are going to change a lot. Um, and I'm not going to continue to update it, as I said. Um, it'll just be for something that's a short-term project and that's it. Um, some other things too I wanted to uh, talk about is... So let's say, uh, sticking up with the baseball, if you don't wanna buy the Bowman Chrome autos of the first year players, let's say you don't have enough money to buy, like let's say a Soto or like an Otani or a Judge or like a Vlad or like a pop, real popular player, like a no doubt star player, right? So your next best alternative is to buy um, the rookies of Tops Chrome uh, and PSA 10s um, of, of superstar players or even star players. Um, so like give you an example like Soto. Um, his Bowman Chrome PSA 10 is from 2016 um, was his prospect card. And I believe a 10 is around three to four thousand dollars. Um, it might be even a little bit higher off the top of my head because like I said, this stuff changes a lot. Um, but something like this, a Topps Chrome PSA 10 of him is only around 120, 130 right now. This is a card that's previously been like as high as 250, um, even 300 in some recent years, but the pop count is really high. Um, but it's still, it's still his most mainstream uh, rookie card. Um, so if you're someone that wants a Soto um, and, you know, you don't want to spend the $1,000 on a Bowman Chrome Auto, the Topps Chrome PSA 10s still have a lot of value. Even though, you know, those types of cards went down in value a lot, I still think they're good, you know, good buys, especially if you can buy them right. So like I picked up uh, this this one here for around 80 bucks at a show in Secaucus. Um, it's selling for like 125, 130 right now. Um, so I'm kind of sitting on it a little bit, hoping that you know Soto has a big year, and if I get close to like 150 or closer to the 200 range, then I'll probably move it. But I don't really want to sell um, a Soto this early in the season just because 
you know, it's it's something like that is is going to be hard to replace at eighty bucks. Um, another example too would be like so Otani. The one Otani card I've promoted uh, previously on this page a lot is the uh, the pitching card of him in the white in the white uniform. Um, that card was declared his most um, you know popular rookie card from PSA. It was when he won Rookie of the Year in 2018. PSA designated that card as his rookie registry card. Um, so that card is again probably his most desirable true rookie card and most mainstream card. Um, I picked up a couple of them recently. I sold one for 140. I sold one for 130. Um, and then I made kind of not the best trade. Um, I traded one of those also in a PSA 10 um, plus $20 and I picked up this Tigers prospect. Um, I made the mistake thinking this was a gold refractor and I wasn't even paying attention so that was like my mistake and it's actually a yellow um, and you can see it's kind of numbered out of 75. So um, definitely when um, that was the next segment I was going to talk about when you're making when you're making trades at like shows definitely make sure you're doing like your due diligence and um, research on like what to do and what not to do you know lots of times people will try to use like fake comps to their advantage when trading or they will try to use like um, the high comp to their advantage when trading or even if something doesn't have a lot of comps then i would kind of that means you should try to stay away from it just because you might not know necessarily what it, it exactly is worth so like um the other day i thought this card would be worth like 175 to like maybe 200 um and it's probably only like a 130 ish card so like that trade wasn't that great it was kind of like a break even type of trade and like the otani is going to be a lot easier to sell versus like something like um an unproven prospect even though it's such a rare card um he's like he's not really a top 100 prospect or anything like that so um, prob it's like I said, it's probably like a 130, 140 card, and that's like the same thing that Otani is. So like, if you're trading someone like Otani, even though it's like um, a high pop count, um, you want to be like hesitant to to do something like that, just because I think the Otani is an easy, much easier card to sell, especially him being a free agent, um, especially with the WBC hype. So um, it's I want to try to get back in Otani for like, but it's going like I said, it's going to be a lot tougher to get them at the hundred, hundred and ten value. That's like almost like a December price. Um, I even actually even posted him on our uh, um, sports card man December our our sports card December countdown that I was doing also previously a couple months ago, and Otani was one of the guys I was talking about. And you know, just some other examples too quick about the base stuff would be um so like here's a here's a few guys like on team usa real quick um you have a goldschmidt tops update psa 10 these have been trending around 100 to um i would say probably a 125 at the high um last year when he was like on fire they hit close to like 200 um i think i would probably sell mine at the 150 range um, I think even at 100, 125, it's kind of low considering he's coming off like an MVP year, um, considering he's well on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer. Um, and, you know, he doesn't have other rookie cards. That's his most, that's his most popular rookie card. 
Um, he has a Bowman Chrome Auto, um, and you know that card, like I said, is pro in a ten. It's probably close to closer to like four or five hundred when I was doing my research. So if you don't want to spend the four or five hundred on a Goldschmidt, like a good alternative is the tops the tops update uh, PSA ten rookie. Um, so I actually picked that up, and that was actually a good trade. Um, I traded actually. Um, uh, what did I trade? I traded. Um, that was in the Mahomes trade that I'll explain probably in the next podcast. Uh, could just because this one we're running a little bit more short on time. Uh, here's another cool card from the Team USA, Kyle Tucker. Um, he's hit really well. This is a really good alternative cheap buy. It's probably only around like forty bucks. But his Bowman Chrome Auto 10, just for a comparison, is probably trending like four four fifty. So if you don't want to spend the four four fifty, that's that's a good you know good ten to have. And like I said, keep this in mind: grading fees are still twenty uh, anywhere from twenty to thirty dollars a card. Um, and the last guy in Team USA that I have is uh, the Wainwright Bowman Chrome um, PSA nine. This card was packed fresh out of the set. Um, I actually think it should have gotten a 10. Um, you definitely could re, you know, regrade it and even get that 10. It's just that PSA is getting a lot tougher on giving out 10s. Um, and I'll definitely going to spend some more time on that too. Um, but as we have a, a, about 10 minutes left or so, um, I am going to spend a little bit time on some fantasy baseball. Uh, and then if I have any more time, I'll do some last minute things too. Uh, so in fantasy baseball, the key I think to winning your league is you have to have like a good draft, and that's like I think with anything, um, you know, think people always assume that like you have to draft off the rankings, like the pre-rankings or whatever your league is in, and that's that's always like not the case. Like the rankings are just like a guide that people use to kind of you know, do their draft. And I myself don't really go off the rankings too much. Like you kind of want to look at the rankings as like, all right, if I'm picking, you know, last pick and it's going all the way back to me after the next 24 rounds, I almost want to look at who's the next best 50 people that I could get within that 24 players or so. And I, you want to kind of expand your pool and you, you really have to know like, who you're drafting against and, and different things like that too. That helps a lot too. And my rule of thumb with fantasy is no matter whatever league I'm in, as far as like if I'm in a Roto, if I'm in an ESPN league or things like that, um, I no matter what, my first 10 picks, I only take six hitters, uh, three starters and one closer. I don't want any more than that. Like I don't want, um, I don't want more than three starters. I don't want more than one closer within my first ten picks. Um, there's too much like turnover on closers. It's too easy to find closers throughout the year. Um, you know, guys get hurt and you can pick up closers as you know they come off injury. Um, guys get traded in July and, and then other people get closers towards the, the second half of the year. Um, there's a lot of people that overdraft closers and say, oh, I, I got to panic on the closer and, you know, get all my closers and things like that. So I myself don't like reaching on closers just because there's it doesn't they they're they're definitely help and they're valuable depending on your league it's just that hitters throughout the season are more harder to find like you're not going to find that like stud third baseman that miraculously 
comes on free agents too often or like that solid shortstop that you need to you know plug in for you the the whole season like it's a long it's a long season and there's a lot of injuries so like that's that's definitely things to keep in mind like definitely go on the position need of like let's say there's not many catchers there's not many shortstops there's not many third basemen there's not many second like those those positions this year are fairly thin whereas like closers you can like wait on like last year i picked up like daniel bard off free agents he had like a 17 era with like 34 saves um and he wasn't even someone that was drafted um and then you can also you know when you do get these closers you can also you know cash in on them when you pick them up off free agents you can sell high on them if they if they because who knows if they're going to stick like sometimes they do stick as the team's closer sometimes they don't like every year every year is different so that's something to keep in mind i think with the closer put more emphasis on hitting early versus like the closer so like i'm i myself i've been looking at a couple closers like i i would want to i would want to try to get devin williams but he's he's rated pretty high like he's like 55 overall so like you're gonna have to take him within your fifth or sixth round um but he's someone that i think probably is going to be the one or two best closer at this year after after uh class a um but yeah let me just go through some lists of some guys that you know i was kind of looking at the overall list to see who i think is undervalued and who i think is kind of overvalued um one guy that's been like was hitting really well for um, venezuela and the wbc who i actually like a lot both for his card and for um fantasy is Luis arise um he's coming in at 183 which i think is fairly high like as i mean not high but i feel like too low of a rating for a guy that won the batting title last year in the american league um you know plays multiple positions like as far as outfield you can play him at second you can play him at he might have and then he, i think he also even has first base um i personally would play him at second or outfield depending on what my roster roster construction was and the reason why is because he he had he makes so much contact and like he hits for average um he might even hit more for power this year so you might see like maybe he hits 15 20 homers um but to me, someone that's going to score a lot of runs, hit for average, um, things like that, puts the ball in play. Um, I, I like him a lot at that value. Um, just I would probably move him up to like closer to like the 140 range. So like that means like if you can get him in like the 10th round or like even like 11th round, I think that's like a really good a really good value. He's someone that's going to be on my radar for sure. Um, the next guy I would also say is going to be on my radar in a lot of teams is MJ Melendez. Um, he's the catcher for the Royals. A lot of upside as far as like power. Um, not sure on the average. Um, he might hit for like 240, 250, but he's a guy that hit, could hit around 25 to 30 home runs. Um, him and William Contreras are kind of similar. He, uh, he's the guy that the Brewers traded for. Um, from the Braves last year, so I would he was in the three-team trade with um, Sean Murphy. So I would look for Contreras or you know Melendez and kind of go for the value at catcher if you don't want to like get one of the elite guys like Rushman or Perez um, or even someone like the other. I had the other Wilson Contreras last year who was good in the first half, not so much great the second half. Um, so that, there's a few catchers to look at. One guy that I think is way too high 
for fantasy experts is uh, Vinny Pasquintino. Um, you know, he came up last year with the Royals in like rate. Um, I think he hit like close to 400 um, in like August or September. And there, I just don't see there's no way of like repeating that like month in and month out. And I think too many people, um, you know, are basing, you know, his like one month on like have him being rated so high. So like if you're going to rate him high, why wouldn't like Joey Menensis be rated high who also you know, played really well in the month of the season that he came up last year. So first baseman, Vinny Pasquino, just just too high for me. Like, I think that's like around like a seventh or eighth round value. There's a ton of first baseman. Um, so he's not someone that's like on my radar for fantasy that I that I think I'm going to get. And I think he's a little overrated um, for, for where people are ranking him. A couple other guys too, just to wrap it up. Uh, Varsho, I think is too high also. Played well last year with the D-backs. You know, he's only a 230 career hitter. Um, I don't see him hitting like 30 homers or anything like that. Like he might get like 25 or so, but like he doesn't steal a lot of bases. Um, and his career average, I think, is too low. He's rated really high. He's like in the 70s. Um, I think that's like a, a sixth round value. I, I would pass on him. Um, also look at like uh, Nathan Lowe. I think he's going to have another... The, uh, big year um and the other guy too i like a lot is o'neill cruz um definitely target those two guys and i'm drafting cal rally in every single league he's rated around 200 he's another catcher who's a good sleeper um we only have a little bit of time left so i'm gonna continue more fantasy stuff uh the next episode as we get closer to the people's drafts and then maybe i'll even update you guys on my draft and how it's going um and update some other things on trades but uh it was good to be back for you know this episode and definitely tune in uh next week and you know we're gonna get get a lot more out thanks guys bye